Welcome everyone to the Follow the Yogi podcast. I'm Vicki Santana, your host. Join me every week while I'll share with you mind-blowing secrets of the practice of yoga, the philosophy of it, the physical practice of it, and I tie it all together so we can apply these secrets to our lives. Stay tuned. You might just find a little gem that will change your life. And now, on to our next dose of Follow the Yogi. I always say that my favorite times to teach are right after class. That's when we have the best conversations. That's when we're the most open, the most authentic, because we've taken away a few layers of whatevs, and we can actually interact more genuinely. So one of my students, I don't even remember what we were talking about exactly, but I ended up saying something to the effect of, and I really don't like the crepey skin on my belly. So she was shocked. She was surprised. And thank goodness, I'm glad I have a rapport with my students. She said, I'm so surprised that you would say that. I thought we were supposed to just like everything about ourselves. And that's when it struck me that I finally have to do this podcast because this is a huge myth in the spiritual journey genre. So I replied, oh, just because we're on this spiritual journey doesn't mean we don't dislike. In fact, it's part of the journey. We don't have to like the serial killers, politicians, family members, etc. We have a right and we actually have a responsibility to our likes, dislikes, and biases. In fact, these are the best tools to help us evolve. But the very first thing that we have to do is acknowledge the fact that we have them and be okay with having them. My spiritual growth has been pushed along by a myriad of difficulties starting from day one of my incarnation on this earth. I've come to see them as blessing, but in no way do I take away from the equally valid human experience and suffering with every trial, heartbreak, breakdown, depressive episode, failure, and success. I can see that my anxiety attachment, people-pleasing, and codependent childhood was my training ground for the healing work that I do today, but it doesn't discount or minimize or invalidate the hardship, the tears, the anxiety, the betrayals, the abuse I endured. It doesn't take away the fact that I whispered to myself as a child after a beating, just hold on for one more breath instead of ending my life. It doesn't take away the 62 days that I sobbed, and I mean sobbed, continuously from a broken heart. It doesn't invalidate the primal howl that brought me to my knees, the sound that I made when I was told that my mother drowned when I was 16, leaving me orphaned. And it doesn't take away the shame as I hid my scars and bruises from the beatings for so many years in my childhood. I know life exists beyond death, but this knowledge didn't make my human journey any less difficult, any less intense or confusing. I've always had an innate knowing that everything was happening for me, not to me. But there were times where I hated, yep, I'll say it again, hated the very way that the lessons were being presented to me. So the soundbite is, we are love, we are one. If you dislike something, then you're an unhappy person. So I filled in the blank 
to say, maybe if I can like what's happening to me, I'll feel better. And I spent a lot of years feeling guilty because inside, I didn't like it. But I was trying to make myself on the outside, I was forcing myself to try to like it, to try to understand it, to try to make it part of my life, only to do this unsuccessfully and spent a lot of energy with guilt, remorse, shame, self-judgment, and self-criticism. Because if I'm not loving and liking, then I'm not a true spiritual being and I'm not being successful on my spiritual journey. So when we take the mindset that we quote unquote should be liking everything, when we do that, we're essentially snuffing out an important tool that we have in yoga, the skill of discernment. The mind is wired to avoid pain and struggle. I mean, the body's number one goal is to survive. It will overcome, it will surpass comfort, profit, success to keep itself alive. It doesn't care if you got that promotion or fell in love or just had a beautiful baby. The body, the mind are meant to survive. That's your lizard brain. So it wants to avoid all struggle and all pain. However, when adversity arises, it's there for a reason. It's there to help you evolve. It's not asking. The adversity isn't asking to be liked. It just needs to be heard. You see, learning to accept, to see, to harmonize with our experiences is very different than trying to blindly embrace them, wear them like a thorny crown, and even force ourselves to like it because we think that liking them is going to make us hurt less. I really want you to hear this. Disliking is the recognition that something foreign to your core values exists. If your deepest core value is loyalty, someone repeatedly betraying you won't feel right. That's because they're acting from a vibration that you don't resonate with. That is actually called discernment. And that's very different than judgment. And I think it's important to discuss the two so we know what side of it we're on, what it looks like when we're discerning, what it looks like when we're judging, And that's going to help us further cultivate the okay feeling, the permission we can give to ourselves to dislike things without guilt. Discernment is a momentary way of becoming aware of the authenticity of your experience, whether or not it really resonates with you. Think of it like an internal gut check with yourself. On the other hand, Judgment is when we criticize, condemn, and define someone because of a difference in behavior or a perception that we have of them. If we don't discern and we try to like things we're not meant to like, we're holding ourselves to an unsustainable, unrealistic spiritual journey standard. It doesn't exist. So if you can't bear to see an animal harmed, uphold that part of yourself and feel what you're meant to feel. If someone cheated on you, you don't have to like, understand their behavior, especially not at the beginning. There's this fear of not being liked if we don't stay true to our authentic self, and that includes the things that we don't like. The irony is, is we're not here to become perfect. We're here to see how perfect we already are. 
And if we squelch the privilege of being authentic, of honoring ourselves, and our dislikes are part of that, for a perceived spiritual rung that doesn't exist, we're cheating ourselves. Now, disliking something doesn't mean we fight its existence. It doesn't mean we run away, hate, negotiate, wish things were different. No. It doesn't mean we try to convince others that Judy is a horrible friend because you had different values or your dance with Judy was over. To live in harmony with our dislikes, we work at accepting them. Now, part of authenticity is accepting ourselves just the way we are, warts and all. I like to say perceive warts and all. And this includes our emotions and our thoughts, no matter how inappropriate or possibly socially unacceptable they might be. Remember, accepting is not necessarily liking. Accepting is being aware and looking at ourselves as we are. Here's an example. I love my body. It's been through hell and back. It's fallen and gotten back up. It's given me a daughter and a vessel for this spiritual existence. But I also don't like cellulite, crepey belly skin, saggy jowls, my hand looking like my mom's hand. <laughs> I do, however, accept all of these. See, acceptance and dislike can live in harmony with one another. And I kind of take it a couple of steps further. Every month, I take a picture of myself with no makeup, no filter, indirect sunlight, once a month. And then I really look at that picture. I desensitize myself and I accept what I'm looking at. The no filter part is super important, I feel, because our society has gotten so filter heavy, makeup heavy, all these things to mask and hide. I'm the first one to say, I love all these filters. I love makeup. I used to dye my hair for, oof, so long, ever since I was 16 to cover my grays. But I think it's important, at least for me, as I'm beginning to age more and more rapidly, to actually look at who and what I am from a physical perspective. I don't want to be shocked one day because I've been looking at my selfies through all of these filters with all of this makeup or in the perfect position without even moving and be shocked that this body that I do love, that's the umbrella, has succumbed to aging, which we all are going to do. I'm not saying no on plastic surgery. I'm not saying no on filters. I'm not saying no on makeup. What I'm saying is take the time to enjoy what you do have exactly the way it is. Where you go from there is completely everyone's individual choice. But I'm just showing the example of love my body, dislike certain parts of it, and learning to accept everything that's happening all the good, the bad, and the ugly as time marches on. So a note on fearing that we're going to hurt other people's feelings. When I go buy shoes, I buy the shoes that I like, never thinking about the feelings of the other shoes that I tried on that I overlooked, the ones that I didn't buy. I'm grateful that I can try on all the shoes so I could figure out the ones I liked the most. And that sums up just about every decision and choice that we make in our lives. The gift of this life is to be able 
to select from this cornucopia of choices and find the ones that truly resonate with us. Sometimes something will resonate with us and then over time it does not. But when I'm buying my shoes or when I'm selecting an ice cream flavor or a brand of whatever kind of food, I'm not concerned about the feelings of the things that I didn't pick because I know I need to pick what's for me, what's authentic to me at that moment in time. I'm not sure when it happened, but there's this concept that to be a true spiritual being and to be successful on your spiritual journey, you're not allowed an opinion. So first, a heart-centered spiritual journey is an individual expression of our divine consciousness. And it's going to be different from everyone else's. Selecting things, people, jobs, shoes that resonate with us doesn't mean we don't like other things or we like other things less. The ego, however, will take everything that changes, not in its favor, as a personal attack. Instead, see it as a life giving you and everyone else a chance to figure out what genuinely resonates with us. It's very helpful to remember this when it's someone not choosing you or your philosophies or anything you have to offer. You see, if we're honest with ourselves, we're doing the very same thing and the right to be able to do what we need to do to find our authentic self is a privilege and a right that we have. So if you find yourself heartbroken because someone left, try remembering the times when you needed to end a relationship. Maybe the other person wasn't ready for that to happen, but you needed to end the relationship. When we don't get that job, think of how many jobs we left so we could recalibrate ourselves to our passion. When something, anything in our life, when the energy gets disrupted by someone else's choice, Go back and remember when your choice possibly disrupted someone else's energy. And it's hard to do in the middle of the thrashing. But once you find yourself in a quiet moment, because all we're trying to do is to be more authentic. We're not trying to hurt one another. We're trying to find our way. And although it might feel incredibly personal, many times it's not. When something gets thrust onto us, it's not about us. So this brings me to a couple of steps. So when we encounter these energetic hiccups, as I call them, that throw us off balance, try using these steps. Number one, if you don't like what's happening, acknowledge your dislike towards it, but acknowledge it to yourself. You see, the problem is, is we tend to externalize our dislikes the important thing is to notice this to yourself, for yourself, because the other person can't take your discomfort away. And whatever choices they're making for themselves, even if we convince them to change their mind, there's a pretty good chance that it'll be temporary because that need will probably bubble back up. So your task is not trying to convince someone else to do what you want them to do. Our goal is to be able to listen to other people and if it creates an energetic hiccup in our life, bring it back into ourselves and acknowledge the fact that we don't like it, that it doesn't feel good. And then the next step starts to unfold. Number two, accept what's happening. Feel what's happening. 
masking our emotions, it doesn't feel good. Now, we may temporarily stuff them down or numb them with any number of things, any number of chemicals or distractions. Even the practice of yoga and self-liberation can be a vice or something that we use to mask so we don't feel our feelings. The thing is, when we try to stuff down our emotions, they also don't feel good. Maybe it's less intense, but it still doesn't feel good because it's inauthentic, aka fake. And as a divine being that's trying to find their authenticity, not staying in touch with how we're feeling, even if it is a dislike, doesn't rub us the right way. It doesn't let us express ourselves. Number three, once you've accepted the emotions that you're feeling, try to remember a time when you made the same or similar choice with another person or another circumstance or another situation. This isn't going to take the pain away or the dislike away, but it helps us understand once you've checked in with your emotions and you accepted your dislike, then it's time to remember a time when you made the same or similar choice with another person in another situation. This helps us to come from a place of understanding. It kind of brings the sting down so we can think more clearly. You know, I'm not confusing this with liking it, but if we can understand it a little, then we might not take it so personally. And that takes me to the next step, number four. If you are comfortable with your past choice, that is like, that's so good. And it's also great insight on how the other person might, emphasis on might, be feeling. So think back to when you made that same choice or a similar choice. Was it based on the other person? In other words, was it in a personal attack? Or was it something that you felt that you had to do for yourself? There's a really good chance that the same thing is happening here. It's just now you're on the receiving end. And if you regret your choice, forgive yourself. This will allow you to have compassion and forgiveness over time towards the other person. And I stress again, I'm not saying that you're going to like it. But coming from a place of compassion and forgiveness for yourself, for other people, and understanding helps us now look at the dislike and accept it more for ourselves, not for anybody else. Here's the beautiful part of accepting our dislikes, our inappropriate emotions, whatever it is, is that when we are clear, we become very decisive. If you find yourself having a hard time deciding on things, there's a pretty good chance that you're not really clear on what makes you tick and you're possibly thinking of how other people will interpret, accept what your choices are. And because that's in flux and because we really don't know how they think and because it's all situational and temporary, we thrash back and forth. But when we are authentic, when we really know ourselves and we're standing firm in our truth, then we become incredibly decisive. You see, in order to experience our highest potential, we have to be discerning. How can we stand strong in our yeses if we're not able to stand high on our nose? 
if we don't even know what our no's are, our yeses are going to be a little on the weak side. They're not going to be confident. They're not going to be value driven. And they might not even feel authentic, especially if we're doing it to please the masses. Remember, you can't please everybody. You're not a jar of Nutella. You have to be able to make the tough, loving, authentic choices for yourself. And our dislikes are the first marker of us being able to discern what that looks like. We have the right to dislike anything that comes across our path. That's discernment. Discernment is an internal experience. We don't have to go telling everybody. We don't have to post a subtle passive-aggressive post on Instagram or on Facebook. And we definitely don't have to shame other people into understanding what it means to us because only we truly understands what it means. So discernment is an internal expression and an internal process. The thing is, once we fling our dislike onto others and label them with our dislikes, that's being judgy and essentially missing a unique opportunity to get real with ourselves and decide what we don't like so we can make our own choices. As always, I hope that this helped. I'm back on the bandwagon of doing my podcast. I took a break for quite some time, so I went off and I minimized my life quite a bit, and that takes some time to do. So I can come back and decide, discern what direction I wanted to take this podcast in. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for your support. And we'll see you again on Follow the Yogi.